Hey everyone, this is Lauren Hubelay. I'm here to talk about uh, gemotherapy to restore immunity. And I have a special guest with me today, it's Megan Etheridge. And um, Megan will be joining us as we talk today about a topic that is of concern of most moms, whether you're a new mom or you've been at it for a while, um, have, discovering that your child has a fever, whether it be during the day or the middle of the night can be a really frightening subject. But first I want you to know a little bit about Megan and I and why we're doing this in the first place. I am a health coach. I'm a trained homeopath and gemotherapist. And I work particularly with moms who would like to take charge of their family's health. Um, Megan has been a longtime student of mine. She's an intern in my program, but she's also a trained nurse, and I'd like her to tell everyone a little bit about herself. Hey, Megan. Hey, Lauren. So excited to be here and to talk to all these moms today and whoever else caretakers may be listening. My name is Megan Etheridge. Um, I'm a registered nurse by profession. I've been a nurse for about 15 years. My first, the majority of my years were spent in the ICU setting, and now I'm in the hospice setting. Um, I'm also a wife and a mom. We have a three and a half year old little boy, and Children definitely change things when he came into our lives. I just, in the gut of me, wanted to kind of view things differently and um, research other areas of medicine outside of what I was practicing. And through these years, um, I was lucky enough to meet Lauren and learn about gemotherapy. And I'm excited to talk to you about it and how it influences immunity and healing in our children and ourselves. Hey, great, Megan. I'm so glad you could be here. You know, Megan, uh, my children are a little bit older than yours now, but I had a lot of the same fears. Um, I can remember in the middle of the night struggling with what to do with one of my daughters with a fever and, and really not knowing, like, what is that fever for and thinking it was bad. And have you come across that? Do, do the moms, you know, are they afraid of fevers or not sure what they're about? Fevers have gotten such a bad rap. Um, they are terrifying from the moms that I hear of. I mean, they will call in a panic. And I know that this is true for me. I mean, anytime that you see your child is sick and not feeling well, and then you scan that thermometer and that number pops up and it's, and it's high, 101, 102, 104 at times. I mean, then immediately that panic just sets in like, oh my goodness, I need to give Tylenol and I need to give ibuprofen and I need to get them in a cool bath and get this fever down now. Um, and it just kind of sends you into this panic mode. And the great thing that I have found is that, that that's not true. Fevers aren't something to be afraid of. Fevers are actually something to be celebrated. And in the Etheridge house, we are very excited about them. Um, <laughs> when they happen, because I, I know that that is how the body is designed to work and that they are, they are there for a reason doing their job. And that's beautiful, Megan. That is a really important. Fevers have a very important role in immunity. And when our children don't get fevers, that should be more of a concern, right? That should be way more of a concern. Or when you know that they're sick and they just have a slight temp. Like uh, my mom used to say, oh, we just have a little fever of like 99.5 or 100. And uh, now look, I'm like, heck no, let's get that fever up. Let's get that body what it needs in order to do its job the way it was supposed to. Our bodies were designed to heal themselves. That's the beauty of how we were created and um, how intelligent we are as beings and 
without us getting in the way, just letting them do what they were created to do and they can take care of themselves. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So Megan, let's just explain to everyone a little bit like what that fever is doing. And so there's a whole process when our child is, is starting to get sick. And I talked about this a lot that we actually have often signs before the fever comes, right? Right. The child might be in a bad mood. They might refuse to eat. Think their energy might drop a little bit. And, and these are all signs that their immune system is starting to work, right? Right, right. It's actually slowing down processes that aren't needed at that time so right. that it could be most effective. And, and then, it's conserving that energy from those processes. Exactly, because we only have a finite energy. And if the energy is going to go towards digesting food or swinging on the monkey bars, you can't heal, right? Right, right. So this drop in energy, drop in appetite, drop in mood, very natural, very normal, and exactly what we want to be seeing in our kids. Absolutely. Right. And that's when we need to stop. Like, just stop for a second, which is so counterintuitive to our culture today. You yeah. know. That's really important. And, it, and it, it, but it makes moms nervous when they see their kids slow down, right? It does. It really, really does. And um, again, I think it's just learning more about it and becoming comfortable with it. So when that happens and you do the opposite of what you used to, every time it happens, you become a little bit more comfortable. But it, part of the healing process is rest. So just letting that child rest on the couch with a book, lo and behold, maybe putting a movie on because I will do that too. You know, whatever is needed just to kind of keep them quiet. Um, it's okay if they don't eat for a few days. They're not going to die of starvation. Exactly. It truly is the body conserving that energy of digestion to give it to the immune system to fight off whatever the invading organism is. Right, right. Well, I would say if I had to say the second thing that I hear scares mom the, moms the most, the first is the fever. The second is they're not eating. And actually, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. We're supposed right. to lose that appetite. And it's supposed to diminish, if not go away. And giving the body that digestive system a chance to rest is exactly what it's called for. Right. Yeah. And in that, um, so fevers are scary and kind of always have sent us into this heightened mode. But I'm not so much concerned with the fever or, the, or how high the fever is. I'm more concerned with dehydration in that child or that, that person. Um, but kids have kids can become dehydrated a little bit more quickly so yes they may not be hungry and that is absolutely okay but making sure they are getting some kind of nutrient filled drink in them whether it's just fresh fresh juice or if they are a little hungry just a little bit of fruit or some coconut water or for you mamas out there who are still nursing um, and all that they want you your day's going to be taken away from you and that is okay because this is the most important what needs to be done right now yeah, this is, you name some really good fluids because quality fluids are important, right? Right. And we don't want sugary drinks going into our kids. They certainly don't need any special bottled um, items that, that right. contain things. They need some fresh juice. They need some coconut water, maybe some herbal teas. Right. Um, if you eat honey, a little honey in the herbal tea would be just fine. 
um, or breast milk. Those are all the perfect fluids for an ailing child. Megan, let's circle back around to these fevers because um, that that's the, that was something I wanted to make sure we cover, and and I know this causes a lot of fear in moms. So this fever comes for a purpose, as we said, and it's part of the inflammation that is gathering to um, neutralize that pathogen, right? right? And if we don't allow the fever to be and continue, we're actually suppressing what's going on, what the natural process is. And what we need for our um, immune system to do is neutralize that pathogen and eliminate it. And right. by suppressing it and lowering that fever, we're actually prolonging the symptoms. That's exactly right. We've, inter we've interrupted that process. And so that invading pathogen, bacteria or virus or whatever it may be, is not neutralized and eliminated. And so it is staying around longer. Yeah, yeah. So, so Megan, as a mom and also as a nurse, is there a place where you go, okay, you know, that fever is good, but this one's too high. I want to bring it down a little bit. So for me, and this may just be part of having a nursing background, and so I can kind of get into that not panic mode, like take it a little bit calmer. It is not about the number. It's more about how my child is reacting. And so if they are alert and they are drinking and uh, they are still urinating or if they're crying, they have tears and they are drinking a little bit, then I let that fever ride no matter how, how high it may be because I know that they are good and they are healing and they're not going to be there forever. Um, where I start to get a little bit concerned is if I see um, increased lethargy, so they are just very, very, very sleepy and or minimally responsive. Um, if they are not drinking and they, when they cry, they have no tears coming out or they're no longer urinating. And those are, those are concerns and where I would start to really say, okay, what do we need to do here? Um, you know, a lot of people are concerned about a number. So I know you recommend anything above 102. I'd, I'd say 103 to 104, I'm okay with. Um, but we can utilize black current, the gem of black current, which is an adrenal support to help support the fever and support the body's immune response and that cascade of events that happen when that fever is triggered. So when that fever happens, it, in layman's terms, um, calls the troops up of our immune system to fight that invading pathogen. And so we don't want to call those troops off. We just want to support the body in doing that. Um, and so I would start, I would start black current a few drops based on the kit on the child and um, in Lauren's book and on her website, there's a dosing chart that you can go to to look at to kind of see what age range and how many drops to start and see and give some drops and see what you observe. Right. Right. So Megan, you, that you packed in some great information there and I want to want to take it apart a little bit. So obviously with your background and mine, we, we may be comfortable with letting the fever go up a little bit more, but particularly first time moms and, and right. those that are, are moving from a more conventional approach to a more natural approach, hundred anything over 102, 103 starts sending off alarm bells. Right, right. right. And, and 102 is what we would call a very productive fever. It's doing exactly what it wants. So we really want to allow that child to hang out there unless they're incredibly lethargic and you're not able to get fluids into them. 
So, so you've got a couple different approaches to bring that fever down. Megan's mentioned black currant, and the interesting thing about black currant gemotherapy extract is unlike children's Tylenol um, or any um, ibuprofen type product, you're not suppressing the fever. What black currant does is it resolves the need for the inflammation. So it's helping the body in such a way that it can neutralize that pathogen. And it does so by working as a tonic on the adrenals, helping the adrenal glands work harder and um, being more reactive um, in that state. And then um, we're, we can, the, the body no longer has to keep raising the fever to be effective. Right. So we may not see the fever go down to normal. And we honestly don't really want that to happen right away. Correct? Right. Yeah. Let it play its course and um, the body knows when that pathogen has been neutralized and eliminated. You're not going to know. Your child's not going to be like, hey, it's gone, you know. Right. Um, but, but the body does know that and you will start to see the fever go down or you will start to see those markers of, oh, my child's getting sick. Decreased energy, decreased appetite and mood and emotional changes will start to improve. So they may have a fever of 102 still, but they're getting up and they're playing with their blocks. Or they're saying, mommy, I'm hungry. Can I have, I'm sure they're going to request something that isn't the greatest, but at least you know that appetite is coming back and you can meet in the middle and make some healthier choices. Sure, you can have a little bit of fruit or whatever it may be and try that. Right, right. Megan, those are, you, you brought up those signs and I think this is a good time to talk about that. You know, often I'm asked by moms, how do I know that my child's getting better? What are the signs, Right. Well, they're the same signs we know when they're getting sick, right? Right. They have this, this sensitive mood, and I like to call it being thin-skinned and you know, being set off really easily. That their, their mood changes. They start laughing and wanting to engage with others, and their sense of humor may come back. Right. And um, then, then their appetite. And... Um, and again, it may be for something that isn't the most nutritious thing, but it's going to come back. And we can, we can celebrate that. And very important, moms, is we don't want to overdo that because we, um, if we take that energy that's still being used for healing and we take on a meal that's incredibly complex and, and difficult to digest, it's actually going to wear your child down. And, right. Um, so giving them smoothies and vegetable soups and, and things that are still nourishing, but more a little more sustaining might be the first step. And those things are easier to digest. So that body's not using all of that energy, like you said, and breaking down this very complex meal. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's just talk about this cycle. So the fever's coming down. We've got a child playing. They're starting to eat. Their mood's better. But what if they're still coughing and the sinus is still continuing to drain? This is something, again, moms get worried about it. Well, they're still, quote, unquote, sick, right? Right, right. Um, particularly... Um, about sending them back to a program they may be in, like, well, they're still coughing and everyone's worried they're still coughing. 
And actually those signs are just the body's cleaning, right? That's exactly right. They're, they're not signs of an illness. They're just the, the um, alternate exits of the body helping them clean. So are there ways that you talk to moms, Megan, that help them understand that process? I think just encouragement and just going back to those markers of how we measure, yes, my child's getting sick and how we measure, yes, my child's getting well. Again, emotional, mental challenges. I love how you say thin skin. Just the littlest thing sets them off or sends them into meltdown. Decreased appetite and um, decreased energy. When we start to see those things coming back, then we know that we're on the upwards healing process. And so I probably have to say it at least five to seven times in a conversation with a mom, but their snot's green and they just keep, it keeps on oozing and they can't get rid of this cough. And I'm like, it's okay. Like you said, the body did work. And whenever we do work, there's some mess or dust left over and that has to be cleaned out of the body. And that's what that cough and that runny nose is all about. Just that being discarded, that waste being removed. Um, so I just kind of encourage, okay, is the snotty nose or the cough keeping them from sleeping? And if it's not affecting their sleep, then I'm okay with it and just kind of let it ride. Um, there are sinus GMOs and there are protocols to support that, um, in those things. And so we, we, we use those a lot, but if it's not really bothering them and all of those three markers are improved in their sleeping, then the body's doing what it needs to do. And we do our best, we let the body do its best job when we don't try to interfere and get in the way. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and what happens though with some children is those coughs will go on and on, right? Much longer than mom thinks they should be going on. And the, and the cough seems to equal being sick. And, and that's not really true. The cough is happening because the body's trying to clear. And right. if you go back to that original job of the immune system to neutralize and eliminate if the elimination isn't optimized then we're going to see things like coughs that go on and on or drainage from the nose going on and on and that's where we can get into a whole nother topic of healing the underlying problem right that's right and we can have some future talks about that um, because then the, those, uh, the elimination and optimizing that is a more chronic problem with children. The cough, cold, flu is the acute. And that's what we're here talking about today. So Megan, both of us have talked, brought up GMOs. And I think for everyone listening, we should take a couple minutes and just Tell them what they are. They're kind of like, I've never heard of this word before. <laughs> right, right. How do you explain gymotherapy extracts to moms you talk to and teach? Um, so I explain that it's the bud or the young shoot of a plant, tree, or shrub that holds the entire essence of the plant. So it, everything that plant would be from the roots to the leaves to the branches, all of it, the trunk of the tree is all there and it contains numerous vitamins and minerals. And the biggest thing that it contains is Mary's stem cells, which in my nerdy nursing brain um, is a lot like stem cells of our human body. Um, and they are undifferentiated, which is a big word meaning that they have no distinction at this point in time. They can go to what's needed and become where that area of repair is needed to kind of help boost that organ or that tissue. Um, and we, 
there's a process that these buds are put in that they undergo to become gemotherapy extracts. And when we take these extracts, each extract does a different job and focuses on different organs. But we clean that organ or that tissue, and not only do we clean it, um, we strengthen it. And so, and it nourishes at a cellular level. And for me, um, my little boy was sick. And so that nourishment of a cellular level just really stuck with me and was huge because a lot of the times, whatever else we're doing isn't getting to that cellular level. The cell is the basic building block of life. And if we get the cell back to functioning the way that it should be, then everything else functions, the, the tissue and the organ and then the whole body. Um, and so that's what I love about gemotherapy. Not only is it helping the here and the now, whatever, whether it's an acute or chronic issue, but you're also strengthening those cells in that organ and the whole body for later on for whatever may come up. Beautiful. Wow, Megan, that's a great description of it. And and you're coming right from your own use of it and being able to see what they do, right? In your own child. Very different from herbal supplements or, or um, other manufactured, sup manufactured supplements. Gymotherapy actually strengthens for the next acute. So it's preparing the body and strengthening the immune system. So the extracts, um, there are ex uh, about 60 extracts available today and they all have different purposes and um today we talk specifically about one black current rebus nigrum is the latin name very useful for multiple reasons um in the home it's in, in part of almost every acute protocol right everything from a, a bee sting and bringing down, taking out that pain of the sting and reducing the step swelling to fevers, right? The fevers, right, right. Big, big support in um, the flu also, right. which I know we're about to hit cold and flu season. And so um, it's Absolutely. a big component of that. I also want moms to know that this is, it's not expensive. Gemos are so, so, so cheap compared to what you're used to. Um, in other forms of medication. And it, and we're literally talking about drops. So if you take your Tylenol bottle and take one drop, that's the same as what we're using in GMO. So they really go a long way. And it's very easy to use. I know we've thrown around a lot of big words and it may be a little daunting to hear changing your way of thinking, but really just grab one of Lauren's books. Her, um, she has two out right now for acute care and then building immunity and children and ba babies and young children. And they are so straightforward and you can look at the protocol, order gemos and really do it yourself. Yeah, that's, that's really what I love beauty. about it. Yeah, that's absolutely the beauty of this, right, Megan, is that we're um, putting something in mom's hands that they really can do themselves and empowering them to make these decisions. And if I'm a new mom and I want to learn, learn more, we have lots of resources for them, right? We sure do. Mention the books. We also have a program called Gemma Moms, right? Yep. And you can train with other moms on um, deeper understandings of these. I offer classes called Foundations of Gemotherapy for those just getting started. And there's tons of information right on my website for free. What we want to do is encourage you mothers to take that responsibility and empower you 
to use your own intuition and all the gifts that you have as a mother to make these decisions for your child and be able to take care um, for your family in such a way that restores their immunity rather than suppresses it. Absolutely. And helps you to know that you have tools in your house because we all know that fevers usually occur at 1 a.m. or some random time in the middle of the night when nothing's open, no one's awake, and you're just really more in a panic mode because you feel like you're all alone. But in this way, I mean, you have that form of medicine in your house and you have that book that you can flip open and be like, oh, I know to do this. Um, you were given your child for a reason, mom. It was not just random. You know your child best. So listen to that instinct. Um, listen to your intuition. Listen to that gut feeling. And it will never lead you astray. You can do this. <laughs> that is so true, Megan. You're right. They, we all can. And, um, and it's great to have a support system, too. So moms, we're here for you. Um, we've got lots of resources and encouragement. And Megan, I just can't thank you enough for joining me today. This was fantastic. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I can't wait to do this again. Yeah, we've got lots more to talk about. We've got lots we? more to talk about. <laughs> okay. Listen, everyone, I want to thank you so much for being joining us and look forward to more podcasts.